We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lords by donating to the Future Full of Hope capital campaign at lordsdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Um, so we raised, we, we changed kind of the setup here. I know it's a little weird. I feel like a little bit more like you're in a gym this morning. Don't look that way. Um, we had some big events this week. We had the uh, school Christmas program, and then uh, yesterday we had our uh, Advent retreat. And so that's why that is that way. We're also trying to figure out for Christmas how we can kind of fit everybody in. So um, we'll do our best. Today's kind of strange with our readings. Today is Gaudete Sunday. I know I'm going to get like 50 comments after Mass because I'm not wearing rose deal with it. I don't have a rose vestment. No, you cannot buy me one because I will never wear it. Okay. Um, Today's readings are very kind of wild. All of our readings, the central theme of all of our readings today is joy. But the gospel reading today, John the Baptist has this very strong reading about judgment. And I think the question is, how do we hold those two together? How can we have joy and also take seriously God's admonition to us that there is a judgment that's coming? How do we hold those two? Joy is a funny thing, isn't it? So I'll confess to you this morning, I was like so not joyful. I was like really trying to think deeply about the homily and like a bunch of people kept coming into the rectory and they're like, Hey, Father Brian, how are you doing? And I'm like, great. I'm awesome. <laughs> you know, I was a total grouch. Joy is this funny thing. And when I think about joy, think of like people in your life that you know when you think of that word. There was one guy when I was in seminary, and in our second reading today, by the way, Philippians chapter 4, St. Paul says to us, he says, rejoice always. Rejoice always. And when I hear that, I kind of think of two things. I think, one, is that possible? And two, people who seem to rejoice always drive me nuts. (laughs) Right? And there was this one guy in the seminary, and it took me a while to understand, but he was just kind of over the top all the time. And you say, oh, it's so good to see you. And you're like, Brian, Brian, how are you? And I'm like, don't touch me. I'm a melancholic. There is a judgment of God's wrath that is coming on the earth, right? And that's how I am. But Paul says to us, rejoice always. And I want you today, and the church today wants us to think about what does that really mean? What, what is joy really about? Now, here's how I want to hold these two things together in tension. So I brought this over today. I know you can't see it. It's too small. This is an icon I have in my house. And after Mass, we'll leave it up here by the altar if anyone wants to come see it. Mary today is going to show us how we can hold this judgment of God Enjoy 
in tension and in unity. Judgment and joy. How can those two go together? And one note on that, um, today in the gospel, John the Baptist, right, he talks about how God is going to come and he's going to baptize us, he says the Messiah, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then he talks about this threshing floor. What do you do with the threshing floor? When you're getting the wheat, what you do is you toss, you go up to a hilltop where the wind is stronger. And what you do is you would have this threshing fork. And what you do is you toss the grain in the air that had been chopped up. And the, the grains of wheat are heavier than the chaff. And so the grain would fall faster and the chaff would blow away. And it's this image of judgment. Are you a grain of wheat? Do you have weight to you? Are you useful? Are you what you should be? Or are you like chaff? Is there no substance? And will you just be blown away by the wind? Okay, so how do we hold this together? And here's the truth. All of us fall into the trap, and you know this, but I want you, I want to bring this back into your heart and your mind. All of us tend to think that my life would be happy if I just had everything line up. If I just wasn't so busy, if I just was more comfortable, if I didn't have this problem in my life, then I would be happy. I want you to think about Mary today. So Mary... Most likely, she was somewhere around the age of 14 when Gabriel appears to her. And we always think, at least I do, I don't know if you think like me, but I imagine you do. I always think, you know what? I would be such a great Christian if I just lived in the time of Jesus. Right? And Mary had it so great. Mary had an angel appear to her, and she had, uh, you know, the virgin birth, and she got to see all of Jesus' miracles. must have been incredible. Think about a 14-year-old pregnant girl in our culture who is not married. I always think, Lord, if I didn't have problems, I would be happy. Right? If I didn't have to deal with this and that and the other thing, if I didn't have that in my life, then I would be happy. And St. Paul says to me today, he says, rejoice always. Mary had problems, right? One of my favorite meditations during Advent, Mary is a 14, 15-year-old girl who's pregnant and is not married. Oh, and by the way, do you ever think about this? She can't tell anyone. Mary, God, when Mary says yes to God, she puts herself in a horrible position. She has such faith, she has such trust because she cannot defend herself. Right? In our culture, when a teenager goes through a pregnancy, it's incredibly difficult. We live in the most sexualized culture in history. The Jews live in an extremely chaste culture. And when a 15-year-old girl is pregnant, that's not exactly accepted. 
And so Mary, when she has Jesus in her right, and she begins to show, she walks around Nazareth. The scriptures don't tell us about this, but I imagine Mary basically had to go into hiding. She was a disgrace to her parents. She was gossiped about in the town of Nazareth. She was isolated and she suffered for her yes to God. And she can't defend herself. Right? Joseph comes to her and says, Hey, Mary, um, I noticed you're pregnant. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you've, you, you know this, but we're not married yet, right? And she can't say anything. What is Mary going to say? Honey, here's the thing. There's this angel. Mom and dad, here's the thing. There's this angel. The first thing I want to say to you today is that if you say yes to God, it has a price. St. Paul tells us that all who desire to follow Jesus Christ in this world will suffer. All of us. Not just the persecuted Christians across the world. All of us who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, we will suffer. Mary's yes cost her something. And not, it wasn't a light price, it was everything. But now think about this. Do you think Mary was kind of like me? Was she a grouch and depressed? Of course she wasn't. Of course Mary was not depressed. Of course she was not a curmudgeon. Of course she wasn't bitter and sorrowful. During Mary's advent, during the pregnancy, when she carried the Savior, I believe that Mary was the most joyful person who ever walked this earth. For one simple reason. Jesus dwelt inside of her. Rejoice. I say it. Rejoice always. I say again, rejoice. The Lord is near. Brothers and sisters, what's going to make you happy? What's going to bring you happiness? Is it that new car? Is it that all your Christmas shopping's done? Is it that your house is clean? Is it that your marriage is perfect? Or is it that God dwells inside of you? If everything goes right in your life, right? And it's smooth. And you go from one success to another. And everyone finds you charming and beautiful and amazing. I promise you, that is not what will make you happy if you find happiness. Happiness is an inside job. And so this icon today that I brought... It's a, it's, I love this icon. It's not, it's not the most beautiful icon. Um, that's why I love it. No. But Mary here, and this, so this is from St. John Damascene. St. John Damascene was praying about Mary, and he was reading the Bible, and he read Exodus chapter 3, and he had this, this amazing revelation, and he realized that the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3 is a story about Mary. So in our icon, I, th I think I told you guys this, in this icon here, 
Jesus has the cross behind his halo, and there's those three Greek letters. And what that is in Greek, that is what God says at the burning bush. I am. Exodus 3.14, Moses goes to the burning bush and he says, what is your name? And God says, I am who am. That's what it says in Jesus' halo because the icon teaches us that this is the same God who appeared to Moses. And so St. John Damascene knows this. And he's praying and he's thinking about Mary. And he says the burning bush, just like God, right, that Jesus is present in the book of Exodus, he says there's a prefigurement of Mary. So when Moses goes to the burning bush, he's amazed. He says there's the fire of God is in this bush, but the, the bush is not consumed. And St. John Damascene says that is Mary. Hebrews 12, 29 says, our God is an all-consuming fire. God is an all-consuming fire. Brothers and sisters, someday, and this is the judgment part, someday you're going to encounter the fire of God. And if you live a good life, right, if you live a holy life, you'll be prepared. And that all-consuming fire will be like Mary. Mary is the burning bush. The fire dwells inside of her and just like the bush is not destroyed by the fire of God in Exodus 3, the presence of Jesus Christ, who is an all-consuming fire, is not Mary's destruction, it's her joy. As Christians, this is our happiness, is that God wants to dwell inside of you. And if you're prepared for that, God's presence will be your salvation, your joy, your eternal happiness. If you're not, it will be your judgment. That's the Christian life. Origen says this. He says, God does not live in a place nor on the earth, but he lives in the heart. If you are looking for the place of God, a clean heart is his place. For in this place he said he would live when he spoke through the prophet, I will be their God, says the Lord. And look therefore to see whether there is not in the soul of each of us a well of living water, a certain heavenly sense and hidden image of God, The place of God is a clean heart. Mary, right, through her great sufferings, teaches us something. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Do you want to be happy? Do you want to rejoice always? The prophet Zephaniah today prophesies about Mary. He says, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Rejoice, O Israel. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. That is what Gabriel quotes when he speaks to Mary. Rejoice, O Virgin Mary. One last line. I know this is a lot today. When Gabriel meets Mary, here's what he says. He says, hail, right? 
But literally in the Greek, he says kairi. Kairi means rejoice. Pope Benedict says that was the moment Christianity began. Right, the start of Christianity, right now I always thought when, I was, when you were a kid and even sometimes in my life now, you think the moment that Christianity begins is when you're like, all right, I'll stop having fun. And I'll try to live a good life and I'll stop trying to have fun and then I'll be a Christian. Pope Benedict says the moment Christianity began was the moment Gabriel said to Mary, Kyrie kakari tomine. Rejoice, you who are full of grace. Why? Why does Mary rejoice? How can we rejoice always? Because the Lord is with you. Do you want to be happy? Stop looking for it outside of yourself. Stop looking for the perfect house. Stop looking for the perfect life. Mary, when she was judged and humiliated and isolated for her fiat, for her yes for God, when she was alone and she could not explain to anyone why she was pregnant, was the most joyful person who ever walked this earth. Because Jesus Christ lived inside of her. St. Thomas Aquinas says, no one can live without joy. Right? No one can live without joy. Which is why the person who is deprived of spiritual joy turns to carnal pleasures. If you don't have that joy inside of you, if you don't have Mary's joy, if you don't have the fire of God's love inside of you, you will look elsewhere. But it'll never fulfill you. Today is Gaudete Sunday, right? Rejoice. That's what Gaudete means in Latin. Rejoice. Brothers and sisters, rejoice today, but not because Christmas is a week away or whatever. A little more. You still shouldn't have your tree up. Tuesday's the day. That's not why we rejoice. Rejoice because the Lord is with you. That's our only joy. Jesus, today, Lord, I want to stop looking externally. And Lord, I want to stop pretending that my life would be perfect if all the externals fell into place. I also, Lord, I don't want to believe anymore that hardships and difficulties are the thing that keep me from joy. Jesus, if you live in me, I have everything. If I have union with you in my heart, if my heart is clean, if it's free from sin, if you walk in my soul as you walked in the Garden of Eden, then my soul is a paradise. Jesus, may you walk in my soul and through your presence dwelling in me, Lord, may I have true joy. And may my joy be always.